Pod 616 initiating launch sequence. Superheroes will always spark the imagination of people around the world. With great power comes great responsibility. Face front, true believers. Excelsior! Stand by for Pod 616 launch. Three, two, one. Launch. Godspeed Pod 616. True believers, welcome back to Pod 616. We may encounter any myth, legend, or lore in the timely history of Marvel from printed page to silver screen to mobile gaming and anything in between. I am JJW. And I'm Deacon. Pod 616 is something completely different. We hope that you join us on this exploration of everything that is the mighty Marvel. On today's episode, we shuffle the bones and talk Domino. This is Pod 616, episode. Zero, zero, 006 Domino. Hey Deacon, let's talk about Marvel TV news. What do you know about the character Legion? He's the uh, son of Professor X. He's uh, crazy. He's got all these different personalities. Uh, and he's like a omega level mutant. Yeah, that's like on the on the relative scale of mutants, that's like the top of the top of the top heat. of the ladder. Yeah, those are the ones that everybody's like greatly concerned with, like Magneto and Legion, and uh, who's another omega level mutant? Iceman, Jean Grey, Jean Grey, the Phoenix. Okay, so Legion's main mutant power is the ability to absorb a person's psyche and gain their powers. And his individual powers are associated with different personalities, and each personality controls a different power. And <laughs> and he has over like a thousand personalities in his mind, and most of them are like dangerous. So he can, at any time, he can be a completely different person with a completely different power set. Right. So he's like not predictable at all in terms of like what he's thinking, where he's going or what he's going to do. And at any given time, he can just maybe intentionally, maybe unintentionally just wreck everything. Well, he's about to wreck the TV schedule because he's coming back for season two. Yes. Have you been watching this? I've seen a couple episodes. Uh, I've, I saw this one where there was like basically like a, a pile of soldiers being like thrown together or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of a different story. Um, I've read mixed reviews on it. It uh, it began, It's uh, for those who haven't seen it, it's on FX. It began in February of 2017, and the second season began in April of 2018. Uh, and it's, it's about David Haller, Professor X's son, and they kind of hint towards that. Uh, but he's a troubled young man diagnosed with schizophrenia as a child, uh, and he meets others with gifts. And they help him recognize his abilities and help him unlock these deeply suppressed feelings that he's been haunting him his whole life. And you end up finding out uh, that he's controlled by this parasite, we'll say, of immense power. I don't want to get into it because uh, I don't want to give any spoilers. It's it's not bad. And if you're an X-Men fan, you will notice a lot of X-Men stuff in this TV show. Now, this show is like really psychedelic and edgy and it tells stories in a way that are not the normal comic book TV show, comic book movie. Right, and I think that might be a turnoff for some people that were expecting that. But you have to remember that he is, he's crazy. 
He's got all of these personalities bumping in and out of his mind at all times. That is not just an artist being creative. That is a storytelling component of the show. Right. Okay. Yeah. And it's really good. So season two of Legion is on FX and it will return in 2019 for season three. Okay, Deacon, let's talk about another Marvel show that's come out this year, The Gifted. I really love this show. I'm an old X-Men kid. That was the comic that I read as a kid primarily. And The Gifted is if once again, like Legion, if you're an X-Men fan, you will really love this show. It's a new series on Fox and uh, it's set in this alternate timeline where the X-Men and the Brotherhood have disappeared. They acknowledge in the show that they were once in this timeline and now they are gone. And it continues on the story that the world mistrusts mutants and the government has kind of overstepping its boundaries. And some of these mutants have taken the philosophy of Professor X, you know, that we need to work together. And some, of course, have the feelings of Magneto that we are, you know, homo superior and they're homo sapiens. So um, the show also has some familiar faces and things if you're an X-Men fan. Thunderbird, Blink, the Stepford Cuckoos, Polaris are just a few of the characters in the show. Uh, they also mention, kind of without mentioning, the Weapon X program, and you end up seeing the Hellfire Club in action. Oh, neat. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, now the show's creator, Matt Nix, explained that within the series there's some awareness that Polaris is the daughter of Magneto, so it kind of make it's kind of making everybody think that she's probably going to take up the mantle of his philosophy and you know she has the same powers as her dad. Right. In the show, she's a good guy, right? She's not a villain, she's not an an antagonist. Right. She's a good guy, but in the classic X-Men storylines, even the good guys sometimes you know, sometimes the X-Men, you know, they kind of butt heads with their philosophies. Right. Uh, some kind of want to take a harder stance than others sometimes. And and you see her kind of, you know, kind of taking a step in that direction in the show a couple of times that she's wanting to be a little bit more forceful, kind of like her dad was in the comic books. He wanted to be just a little more forceful than than Professor X wanted to be. She's not one of the main characters. The, the, the primary characters are these two children that are the children of an agent that's supposed to be hunting mutants, right? He's actually, he was a lawyer that prosecuted the mutants before he uh, realized that his two children were mutants. And then he kind of sees the complete different side of things. And their last name that we can point out is Strucker. And they end up finding out that their grandparents' names were Von Strucker. Ah, he's a Marvel villain. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we have to see what happens in season two. Should be coming out in October of this year. Yes. Okay, JJ, I know you're a fan of the Netflix shows, and we yeah. talked about Jessica Jones getting a season three a few episodes back. Yeah. Luke Cage season two Ooh. arrives this month. And that means that if they keep this three-month schedule, we may see Daredevil arrive in November yeah. and Jessica Jones season three sometime around February. And the one thing I'm excited about is Vincent D'Onofrio returning as Wilson Fisk in Daredevil. His depiction of Fisk in season one and a little bit of season two of Daredevil is Perfect. staggering. I mean, Perfect. this dude transforms into another character and he's massive, intimidating, sympathetic, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. You feel sorry for him at yeah, some points. <laughs> man, this, dude, this poor kid, he was forced to murder his dad with a hammer. 
He's <laughs> great. He is he is the epitome of Wilson Fisk. If Ryan yeah. Reynolds is Deadpool, Vincent D'Onofrio is Wilson Fisk. Well, I, for one, look forward to seeing both the return of Daredevil and Jessica Jones later in the year and next year. And Luke Cage. Luke Cage was a very interesting show in season right. one. I loved it. All right, JJ, let's talk about Domino. Oh, do you mean the 2005 film based on the daughter of stage and screen actor Lawrence Harvey? Domino Harvey, who later moved to L.A. and became a bounty hunter? Uh, no, not not exactly. Did you know she was a real person? Oh, yeah, she's a real person, and she died just after the movie came out. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, she was a, there was a real-life Domino, Domino Harvey, and she tracked down people as a bounty hunter. She was a total badass. Yeah, it's almost kind of like the uh, comic book person we're fixing to talk about. No, <laughs> yeah. no, we want to talk about Marvel's mutant, the extensively trained X-Force alumni, the ludicrously lucky Nina Thurman, a.k.a. Domino. Oh, okay. Well, that makes more sense, actually. <laughs> Not Domino Harvey. <laughs> all right, Domino, her name, first of all. Things just always seem to fall into place for Domino. She is lucky basically, right? Right. She's a mutant with the ability to subliminally and psionically initiate random telekinetic acts that affect probability in her favor by making the improbable happen and occur within her line of sight. So she seems to have good luck and her opponents seem to have bad luck. That was the nerdiest definition I've ever heard. <laughs> Wait, uh, <laughs> you wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Basically what JJ's saying is her powers uh, are the product of this unconscious ability to manipulate reality around her. All right. And that extends to her own motions and reflexes, meaning that if she, let's say she was standing in one place, the bullets would hit her. But if she moved, they wouldn't. If the wall is falling and she doesn't move, it's going to smash her. But if she moves, she's going to be right underneath the window at the exact right time. So if she's like uh, shooting at somebody and even vaguely in the right area, it'll either hit them or it'll bounce off of a pipe and ricochet off the wall and it'll still hit them. Yeah, and it's unconscious. So that means that she doesn't always know what the outcome is going to be. So those little risks that she takes still have that little thrilling element of danger. So uh, she's the kind of character that you can drop into any story and get away with. So she has to like trust her in her ability like all the time. And yeah, all the time because that's what's guiding her. At a certain point, I would think that, that she would just trust her ability so much that she would no longer be afraid of dangerous situations and would just be a really dangerous person to be around. <laughs> well, you would think that she would get complacent knowing that she's always going to get out of danger, but she doesn't always get out of danger oh, that we okay. will find out. Now, uh, Domino's ability, I wanted to point out, is is kind of a mixture between her mother's ability and her brother, quote unquote, who's actually a clone of her. Um, her mother can see the future and can take steps to avoid a bad outcome. And her brother can manipulate reality around him to kind of get what he wants. So Domino, if you think, in a sense, can do both. She just can't control how it happens. Domino was created by Fabian Nicesa and Rob Field and first appeared in New Mutants number 98 right alongside Deadpool. You can get a glimpse of her and Deadpool's first appearance in 
616 episode 005 Deadpool. Yeah, that was that great scene where Deadpool had just taken out Cable and the rest of the new mutants had come in and all of a sudden Deadpool has a flick, flick, flick into his back and they say, what happened? You see Domino for the first time and she says, I happened. It was just a cool little appearance there. Okay, Deacon. So, New Mutants, episode 98, the first time that we in the real world saw Domino and she literally stabbed Deadpool in the back. That wasn't Domino. No, you think it is. And you're led to believe that this is Domino for several issues. Not only of New Mutants, the the last final issues of New Mutants, but several issues of X-Force. So it was in a flashback story in X-Force issue 8, which was in 1992, and then later in present time in X-Force issue 11, that the true Domino was actually seen. Her character and persona was first drawn by Liefeld, but it wasn't until in X-Force 11 that Mark Paseya actually drew the first actual Domino. Right, so when we first see her in New Mutants 98 and she comes in and she you know, takes out Deadpool, this is actually Copycat. Copycat has the mutant ability kind of like uh, Mystique. She can copy abilities and and look just like, you know, who she copies. And she was hired to come in and impersonate Domino. And she does that to such a great job that she fools Cable for a long time. And Cable is someone that has a long history with Domino, the real Domino. So we go through the first 11 issues of X-Force And we find out that the real Domino has been captured by this man named Mr. Tolliver. And that's the first time we actually see her. Okay, so where does Domino come from? All right, Domino's origins are kind of cool. She is the result of a top-secret government breeding program. It was called Project Armageddon. JJ, real quick, tell us a little bit about what this was. All right, Project Armageddon is a secret, covert government operation that sought to produce a living doomsday weapon. This top-secret government genetics experiment's aim was at the engineering of what was deemed the perfect weapon and had the power of destroying an entire civilization. To find a basis for their experiment, the project sought a woman to breed these perfect weapons. They ultimately found a subject, a woman named Beatrice, who was institutionalized for dementia, but volunteered to be a government uterus. Yeah. Beatrice was artificially inseminated with the express purpose of producing mutant offspring that the government would research and develop into genetic weapons. Yeah. Now, and it needs to be noted that all of these test subjects when they were born they were branded tattooed with a black patch over their eyes so that kind of explains where domino gets her black patch over her eye her white skin is a result of um, her mutation that she got from the program and if you think about it jj this trying to create the perfect super soldier is you know basically trying to create the super soldier serum again and captain america has created a ton of characters over the years this is a story that gets used many times yeah most recent of which is probably the weapon x storyline uh Mm -hmm. weapons of mutant destruction where the former members of the weapon x program and their associates wolverine sabertooth deathstrike thunderbird and even domino are hunted down by this program and they develop a 
super mutant cyborg that is like Hulk plus Wolverine plus like all of these other mutant abilities. So it's like Hulk with Wolverine claws and regeneration. He just destroys everything. So Weapon X is the most recent iteration of the story, but it sounds like she's a, another casualty in the chase for Captain America. Yeah, yeah. And at the time of when she was a test subject, she was um, she was deemed a failure. They thought her good luck powers were a failure in their you know overall project goals, and uh, she was one of the only test subjects to survive. She was ended up being freed from the program by her biological mother and her mother took her to this church in chicago the church of the sacred in chicago is basically this cult and left domino with the leader of this cult and she was raised there as a kid until she was about 13 and then that's when she escaped and became a freelance mercenary at 13 years old now this whole story gets elaborated on in a 2003 miniseries entitled Domino and you end up finding out that her mom now stay with me here because this gets kind of crazy sounding her mother is the head of this cult of Catholic ninjas called the Arma Jesuits and they've targeted Domino's younger cloned brother he's about 20 years younger than Domino but it's a clone of Domino and it's her brother and this prophecy is basically says he's going to end all religion with his psychic powers so they're trying to end him it's a little crazy sounding but it's arguably the single best domino solo story ever oh, i think domino probably has some issues oh pun <laughs> <laughs> so she escaped at the age of 13 to become a mercenary and as a freelance mercenary She worked with various government agencies. She worked for the NSA, and at the time, Domino was tasked to guard the genius Dr. Milo Thurman. Domino and Dr. Thurman fell in love and actually got married. Hence the last name, Nina Thurman. Advanced idea mechanic soldiers raided Dr. Thurman's facility, and Milo and Domino got separated, and Milo believed that Domino was killed during the raid. But she wasn't. Later, she joined a group called the Wild Pack. Yeah, now they had to end up changing their name from the Wild Pack to the Six Pack. But in the beginnings, they were the Wild Pack. And as the Wild Pack, they ran into Silver Sable, you know, Silver Sable, mercenary. And she kind of confronts Cable and the the pack and says, hey, I've already got a group called the Wild Pack. You you guys can't call yourselves the Wild Pack. And they, they're like, all right, there's six of us. We'll call ourselves the Six Pack. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Cable, super soldier from the future, backs down from Silver Sable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Changes his group name. We'll just change our name. It's fine. So the Six Pack was composed of Cable, Grizzly, Bridge, Hammer, Domino, and Kane, another member of the Weapon X project. And most of their contract work involved a character named Tolliver. Yes. Now, if you remember, we mentioned this Mr. Tolliver in episode 005 Deadpool as the man who had hired Deadpool to take out Cable. But just who is this guy, you may ask? Tolliver, his real name is Tyler Dayspring. He's Cable's son from the future. Cable has all kinds of family problems. (laughs) He does. All right. What can Tolliver do? Uh, Tolliver has, is he's got the mutant ability to project memories, and he's got limited telepathy and telekinesis like his dad. So in the future, 
uh, young Tyler was captured by Cable's nemesis Strife, and he was brainwashed to become Strife's pawn. Cable and his clan in the future attacked Strife, and Tyler ended up, during the battle, capturing a clan member named Don Silk, and he used his abilities to kind of forge a neural link between him and Don Silk, trying to get secrets, the clan secrets for Strife. Well, Cable ended up deciding to sever the link by shooting his son in order to sever the link and save Don Silk. This ended up knocking out Tyler and not killing him, and he never forgave his father. Now, he ends up traveling back in time on a mission, a different mission to ensure Apocalypse's rise to power, and he learns while back in our time that Cable and Strife are also in this time period. Are you still with me here? Okay, so so Tyler traveled back in time, and he found out that Cable and Strife had also already traveled back in time. Right, who both had kind of, he had beef with his dad, Cable, who had shot him, and Strife, right. who had brainwashed him and used him. So he decides to create this persona called Mr. Tolliver, who is an arms dealer, and he's kind of secretly trying to exact revenge on both of them. On one particular mission, Cable ends up leading the team to break a contract with Tolliver. On a routine mission in which the six-pack is checking on an opium route, Domino finds this hidden hatch. The six-pack does an initial search of the hatch, and when things start to look dicey, Domino tries to get the team out of danger. Cable basically ignores her and continues on to meet up with his nemesis, Strife, who he has been tracking. And the team narrowly avoids getting blown up. But now they have a target on their back, and Tolliver is not too happy that the six-pack broke the deal. Yeah, this broken deal results in these other mercenary groups trying to cash in on getting the six-pack. And one particular incident, they were in Singapore, and the group is pinned down by one of these groups, and Domino ends up diving under this bridge and with her luck ability planting these explosives that effectively take out each and every enemy. So does Cable care at all that his team is being targeted as he's trying to take out Strife? Not really. Cable is focused on taking out Strife and he kind of forgets and doesn't really care about his team at this point. Okay, so they enter his base and they set explosives to go off in just minutes. And before they can escape, Strife arrives and he takes Kane, who's a member of the six pack, captive. Domino and everybody else want to comply with Strife's demands, but Cable refuses. Strife departs and leaves the six pack to die in the explosion. Cable teleports out and leaves Domino and the rest of the team to fend for themselves. Yeah. Fortunately, she, Grizzly, and GW Bridge are able to make it out in one piece. But the same cannot be said for Kane and Hammer. It sounds like Cable is a psychopath. Yeah, when he's focused on getting strife at these points in his life, he doesn't focus on anything else. And the rest of the team ends up holding a grudge against him, which is rightfully so. You know, I would too. Now, you can read all about this in X-Force, uh, the first run, number eight. Uh, that's the first appearance is the Wild Pack. And then in the uh, series Cable, Blood, and Metal, uh, number one is the first time you see them as a six-pack, and it kind of uh, gives you a little bit of the storyline of the Wild Pack and the six-pack uh, with Domino and the boys. So after Cable kind of just teleports out of there and leaves them to their self, 
Domino lays low for a while and she ends up being kidnapped by Tolliver. And this, JJ, is when she's replaced by Copycat that we talked about earlier in the show. X-Force number 11 is when we first finally see Domino, who is shackled up by Tolliver. So during this time, Cable has taken over leadership of Professor X's group of young mutants called the New Mutants. Okay. And he's he's kind of trying to change them into this this strike team, this rapid reaction team called the X-Force. And he wants Domino to help him lead the team. So he kind of calls Domino, asks if she'll come in, not knowing that it's Copycat. She ends up coming in. We see her in the first appearance take out Deadpool like a boss. She ends up growing attached to the team the whole while the real Domino is hanging shackled to Tolliver's wall. Okay, so once Cable learns about Tolliver's hideout, he and Copycat slash Domino break in. Cable sees the real Domino and is, like, confused because he never knew Copycat had taken Domino's place. And as Cable is fighting Deadpool, Domino is freed when one of Deadpool's swords severs her shackles and she picks up a gun and blasts the mercenary in the back copycat ends up escaping and cable and real domino head after tolliver and then cable instructs domino to find his x-force kids he then blows up tolliver's helicopter maybe killing him and body slides to the future yeah body slide is his term for teleporting and you can read all about this whole story starting with New Mutants 98, 99, 100, and then starting with X-Force number 1 through 11. Okay, so we mentioned earlier that Grizzly was a member of the Six Pack. And there's a good story, and it's one of the biggest tragedies in Domino's life, comes when she's forced to face off against an old friend. She hears about this serial killer in Colorado. And after following the evidence, she's convinced that her old friend and teammate Grizzly is the one involved. So she tracks him down and discovers that he is being manipulated by a character named Genesis. To free himself, Grizzly forces Domino to shoot him. And she does and buries one of her only friends. Genesis, JJ. Who is Genesis? Well, Genesis is, well... Cable's son, Tyler. Tyler, Tolliver, is Genesis. Yes. Now, after Cable supposedly blew him up in the helicopter, he faked his death, Tyler ends up learning that Apocalypse has apparently died. So he changes his name and begins his attempt to obtain Apocalypse's future power that he knows he's going to have. So Genesis convinced Apocalypse's servants, the Dark Raiders, to capture Wolverine. And he tried to brainwash Wolverine into becoming his horseman of death. (laughs) So Genesis had the Dark Raiders liberate Wolverine's imprisoned nemesis, Cyber, who had adamantium-laced skin. Do you remember what Cyber looked like? He had like these sleeves of adamantium on his arms. Yeah, yeah, he was cool. So they unleashed these mutant Death Watch beetles on Cyber and they consumed all of Cyber's soft tissue which just left the adamantium behind. And then he attempted to bond the metal to Wolverine's skin. But Wolverine broke free, went crazy, and he killed the Dark Riders and Genesis. Now, I think we're going to elaborate a little bit on Cable on a future episode, but the Domino Grizzly uh, tragedy with Grizzly storyline is in uh, Cable issue number 24. And if you want to witness 
Wolverine bring an end to the Dark Riders and Genesis, then check out Wolverine issues 99 and 100 from 1996. Now, JJ, have you seen Deadpool 2? Oh, yes. Oh, it's really good. What do you think about Domino in Deadpool 2? I think that they did a fantastic job of using Domino in that movie. Deadpool joking that her luck is not a superpower. Very funny. Uh, oh, it was they, great. She had some great scenes. She she got she got great action scenes and she got great comedy scenes. The scene with her and Juggernaut that killed me. And <laughs> Zazzy Beats was uh, a great choice for Domino. She might not have been everybody's first choice, and everybody's kind of talking about she looks different than the comic book incantation of Domino. But I thought she did great. And one more thing while we're talking about Domino, JJ, that I want to bring up. Way back in episode 002 about Corvus Glaive, we did a prediction on one of our favorite Marvel fighting games, Contest of Champions, on um, not really predictions, but who we would like to see in the game. And we wanted to see Domino as a character, and she's just been added this month. As far as I can tell, this is going to be an incredible character in the game. Absolutely. And if you want to learn more about her, check out our other podcast, the UMCOC Unofficial Marvel Contest of Champions podcast on discord.gg backslash UMCOC. Deacon, that is all that we can fit into this episode of Pod 616. But next time, we shrink down to explore the microverse, the quantum realm for you movie folks, <laughs> with episode 007, Ant-Men. Do you have characters or creators that you want us to profile? Just tweet us. Questions, comments, ideas, complaints at POD616. You can join us on Discord at discord.gg slash UMCOC. The show is available on iTunes, Google Play, Music Stitcher, SoundCloud, and just search for Pod 616 and search for UMCOC. Yeah, and this is a brand new show, so we appreciate it if you like, subscribe, and review. And I'm also publishing the shooting scripts for each episode with extra content that we find during research. So check out our patron page, patreon.com slash POD616. Scripts are posted weekly when the shows go up and they're available to everyone for free. But if you love the show, then help us pay for this thing. Uh, fuck a show. It's pretty cheap, right? Absolutely. Next episode, we continue with 007 Ant-Men. Until next time, true believers. Pod 616 was written and produced by JJW and Deacon OTR and is a member of the UMCOC Podcast Network.